Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, the podcast where we talk about, well mostly his movies, but also Kevin Smith. Uh, <laughs> my name is Ted. I'm Rose. And I'm Trevor. Uh, and this week, to the, the second episode, we are watching, or we watched Mallrats, Kevin Smith's second movie, starring actual actors this time. That's right. Uh, I wanted to read off here um, a very good quote about this movie from film critic Roger Ebert. He says, Before Mallrats was released, I chaired a panel that Smith participated in, and Kevin Smith cheerfully said he'd be happy to do whatever the studios wanted if they paid for his films. At the time, I thought he was joking. One and a half stars. (laughs) So, Mallrats, 1995, (laughs) Kevin Smith's grand entry into studio filmmaking, yeah, with lots of (laughs) real actors, a lot of which I actually really like, like, I really like uh, Jason Lee, and the other guy from My Name is Earl, who I don't know the name of, but I like both of them. It's like Ethan something? Yeah, I don't know. Ethan, (laughs) Ethan Soupley. He plays Randy in My Name is Earl. Yeah, he's an awesome actor. And again, like an actual actor who has done great stuff. Like he's done serious roles too. Um, Basic idea of this film is it's like Clerks, but it's in a shopping mall. Um, The plot isn't too heavy in this one. (laughs) It is, oh my God, like I'm trying to even think of what it's really about. It's about a guy who gets dumped by his girlfriend and goes hang goes to hang out at the mall, and hijinks happen. Uh, yeah, and and that's the film. That's about it. Not so, much what did everyone happens. Think? I actually liked it. Oh god. <laughs> oh, A lot Wait. of it was like really awful. Hold on, did we all watch the extended version? This is I important. Watched, I watched the normal version. Okay, <laughs> you you lucked so, out. I think. Yeah. So me and Trev both accidentally watched the extended version because that is the um i think because that's the version that is at the top of the very legal streaming service that i use right uh (laughs) when i when i was uh browsing at the legal uh movie store uh all of the copies that i immediately saw available were the extended version and i thought yeah and i just thought like okay uh because you know, usually my assumption with an extended version is that like, oh, this is the director's cut. This is probably the one they would want me to see. So it's probably fair to watch Uh-oh. this. But no, no I appa- did. Apparently not. <laughs> as, I did as... watch the extended version. Oh, you did. <laughs> okay. I didn't think I did, but I, I I did. All right. So we all watched the two hour long version that was way <laughs> too long. <laughs> we got the, the full mall rats experience. But um, it, yeah, in my research, I found out that Kevin Smith doesn't like this version. Uh, he has then like a why whole... did you Then why did you release it, Kevin? Nobody made you release this extended version. It was your idea. They His... might have made him release an extended uh, no, version. No, no, I, no I have, I have a quote about it here, which explains the situation. So he says, um, so basically we came up with a really long master cut of Mallrats. As Scott Mosier says, it's pretty much taken directly from the script. 
This is a version of the movie, a kind of version of a version of the first version of the movie <laughs> that we put before <laughs> test audiences. That was like, oh, this is a fucking terrible, this is a really bad film. <laughs> so we said, that's the movie that we present on the 10th anniversary edition. And then, of course, we've included the real version, the theatrical version, which is awesome. So the extended version apparently has been disowned by Kevin. But I think it's good we watched it because it is the raw Kevin experience. That's it is true. straight yeah. from the script. I'm so angry. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to explain why I liked it, though. Because it's ex- not explain. a good movie. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I liked that the acting in it wasn't like really annoying theater kid acting like because it's real actors it's not like fucking theater dweebs um i also liked how many mistakes were in it like at one point they cut in the middle of a scene in the middle of a sentence to the same shot it's incredibly obvious i I noticed that a few times actually i was i was pissed about that i was like that is unprofessional filmmaking (laughs) that is awful a jump cut like that see that didn't bother me that much because like every one of ari oster's films has like a really bad edit in it but I, i see it i'm like oh cool you know it's a fuck up it's i don't know i like it and then, what? also, I like Jason Lee a lot. I thought he's very charming. Um, mm. The, like, Looney Tunes type scenes with Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Those, I was very much into. <laughs> I, I thought the, we- the weird third nipple part was pretty funny. What? <laughs> I, I thought that was good. I, I was in a good mood that day. I, can't, I can't, don't agree with anything Ted is saying. <laughs> All, all of this stuff is so glaringly bad to me that I just can't even I can't process the fact that you're saying you like, like this I didn't think it was like good but right. I had fun with how bad a lot of it was I don't know like it didn't come off as pretentious as Clerks did which of course, yeah. made me like it a lot more well uh, I'll say this about Mallrats it's not like it's not like egregiously bad in the way that something like Chasing Amy, uh, our next movie is. <laughs> uh, it's not really terribly offensive or anything. It's just so stale and lifeless and yeah. boring. And all of the jokes are so flat and emp- it's just nothing. This movie is just nothing to me. Like, why did you even make this? Yeah. And a lot of the jokes, the delivery was just like wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like they just, they just like, like I'm sure there was a take where they didn't deliver the joke wrong. And you, you guys both mentioned that there are a lot of good actors in the movie, which is yeah. technically true, but they all suck in this movie. Like yeah. I don't think any of the acting is good. In particular, Michael Rooker, who's like the oh. villain of the movie, who I think is generally very good. He's doing like Disney Channel acting in this fucking movie. Yeah. He's being so obnoxiously over the top. And I just, I, I just, this- I don't know what this movie is supposed to be because there are points where like the dialogue feels like it's trying to be clever and like Kevin thinks that he's smart. And there are other time, other just really fucking lame like potty jokes that they dwell on for way longer than they need to there isn't a single joke in this movie that made me laugh or was funny to me at all 
it, it really stood out to me too. Like, I mean, how how good some of these actors are, um, but when they're handling this dialogue, it's like it just falls apart. Like they don't even know how to say it. But then right. when Jay comes in he's actually the best performance in the movie because he knows how to say that dialogue. It actually works for him in a I way it doesn't amazing. for any of the other ones. I don't even he's like Jay. Really good. I don't even like Jay in this movie. I just, you know, <laughs> w- watching this movie actually made me appreciate Clerks more just Definitely. because of how much it fails to replicate anything that sort of worked about Clerks. And I don't think that they even use Jay right in this movie. Like, he's not really funny like how he is in Clerks. Uh, They give him... Almost everything that Jay says in this movie is like some kind of comic book reference, which is weird to me because Jay is supposed to be like this druggy kid. Like, That's I don't true, know. yeah. That was a little yeah. weird. And he does the, the snoochie boochies thing in that goofy that. voice like a hundred fucking times. <laughs> Probably the only part that I would sort of be into ooh, is the silly Looney Tune stuff with Silent Bob. Yeah. But at this point, uh, just seeing... Uh, Kevin's face <laughs> is so toxic to me that watching him make all those like goofy faces during all the slapstick scenes, I just can't stand it. Yeah, I'd say we we dove in really quickly. Yeah, I'd yeah. say my my view of this film, I was shocked by how bad it was because I thought <laughs> I really I really thought I was going to like it, and it was kind of like um how I felt about the the Watchmen show at times <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> there are so many talented people here. There is a concept here, which could work. And if it was someone else writing and directing this, maybe it could, but I was shocked at how bad it was on that creative level. Like how bad the script was, how bad the direction was like, especially the shot choices in oh. this. I, I couldn't believe it because you have these actors like in Clerks, the stilted black and white thing makes sense with the black and white. It almost feels like an art film. Dante is trapped in the convenience store. It makes sense for all this, the shots to be locked down. In this one, you have people doing like wild performances like a Michael Rooker and the camera is constantly in a wide shot and doesn't cut and there's just no energy to it. Like nothing lands. It feels so awkward and just like empty. I couldn't believe it. It's like watching B-roll footage. Like yeah, this entire definitely. movie feels it's like did they do any like coverage? Did they just shoot this entire movie in like master yeah. wide shots? It felt like That's a work what it print. feels like like they did a single shot for every single scene. When you said it was like Disney Channel that totally like clicked a light on in my brain. It's like Zach and Cody but with like cussing and sex and <laughs> like that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and I have to ask a really important question to you guys because this baffled me throughout the film. What age are these characters? College age. No, because one of them is one of them is fifteen. Well, yeah the the girl That's doing weird. the girl doing the sex book is fifteen, but uh, T S Jeremy London's character is in college, and uh, Brody I think is not in college but he's we're supposed to understand them to be college aged apart from the one teen girl so jason lee is supposed to be like 
21 <laughs> yeah yeah like 20 because they, they talk about him like not having a job it's clear it's supposed to be clear that they're no longer in high school yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah that that one girl is 15 years old the one that has sex with everybody so that's a little bit weird yeah um, in a horrible horrible plot line oh yeah. why is that in the movie by. why they could have just made her like 17 and that would yeah have- like it yeah. still would be a little fucked up. Well, but because it the ending be is that Ben Affleck gets oh, arrested God. for statutory rape, okay. and that's like <laughs> it's almost played like a joke. And I'm like, no, that's serious. That's yeah. like a really big deal, Kevin. This yeah, isn't a punchline. It, it's it's like it's like they tricked him. It's like oh, they tricked yeah. him. But uh, it's funny because like as he's getting arrested for statutory rape, because they show the sex video of him and the 15 year old girl. Yeah. At that same moment. That 15-year-old girl is off fucking the security guard who's like 50. <laughs> at least 50. And that's, and that's portrayed as totally fine. When you see them at the end, it looks like they become a couple or something. And showing a sex tape of a 15-year-old girl is apparently like funny and fucking fine. <laughs> it's, just ra- it's just raunchy. These are just raunchy uh, movie It's fucking antics. insane. Yeah. I uh, I was shocked. I didn't remember that plot line at all. The, like the, that was there didn't was expect that. So much of this movie that I didn't remember. Part of it is maybe because this was the extended version and I don't know what was yeah. and wasn't new. But also I I was under the impression that I had seen this movie before, but I think maybe I caught like half of it on TV or something cuz there's so much of it where I'm like, okay, I don't have any memory of this. <laughs> Yeah, I so I the p- two parts that like really made me like viscerally uncomfortable were that whole 15 year old plotline. Like, yeah. I, I kept expecting it to be a joke and not real, like in uh-huh. the fiction of the movie. And it wasn't. And I was like, oh man, because I thought it was going to be funny at the end. I was like, oh no, she's actually like 20 or whatever. Because no. she is no. like a 20 year old actress. Yeah, yeah like she's- obviously. <laughs> very obviously and then you get to the end and like no like a central part of the movie hinges on that being real (laughs) and then the other part that i hated is the part with stan lee because i hate stan lee you hate you you hate stan lee oh i hate stan lee dude why do you hate stan lee the the reverence for stan lee (laughs) in this movie is so fucking annoying to me Oh my god! I, I don't. I don't know if I want to get off into a whole tangent about what a piece <laughs> of shit Stan Lee is, but he he's he's basically just a crook, a crook who spent his whole idea screwing over artists and getting yeah. all the credit and all the money for everything. It's the um, anti-Stan Lee podcast. He's he's not good. I'm he's, glad he was. No, I'm not gonna say that. I am. A, I am <laughs> neutral on Stanley. I am apolitical when it comes to Stanley. I don't know anything it, about him okay. except he writes well, for Marvel. Yeah, uh, writes suppo- supposedly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we this, don't need to get. We don't need to get into all the details. But he's a fraud, basically. He's a piece of shit. At the Stanley scene, though. So, sorry, was he was a fraud and a piece of shit? He's dead now. All right, all right, fucking bones now. R.I.P. in peace. But okay. this the Stanley scene uh, taps into another real problem with this movie because he does like this whole overwrought monologue about the one and like losing your your true love and all that. But I did not buy a single relationship in this film. Oh, Even God. when Jason Lee gets dumped or whatever, 
it doesn't seem like a big deal. Like no, none no. of the relationships feel like they have stakes or weight. Everything feels so detached. Like I don't buy any of it. So that whole love story just didn't make sense to me. I think it works, but not in the way it's intended. It works as like idiot kids who are still dating the same people from high school. Like, yeah, I, it I guess makes so. sense in that capacity. But at the end of the movie, like you never get the feeling that that was supposed to be part of it. It's no, just no, that no, that's no. like the only interpretation that Kevin knows. <laughs> We're definitely supposed to think that TS is like charming. Uh, definitely. <laughs> like yeah. they even they even have a scene where the other uh, female character, who's TS's ex girlfriend, talks to his current love interest just to like talk about what a great catch he is yes, and how yes. they should get back together. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, no, he's not. He's an idiot. No. He, and like, it's so weird because but bo- so, bo- so both of the two male characters in the movie have been dumped by their girlfriends and deserve to get dumped. And the whole movie, they're trying to get back together, but their attempts to impress them and get back with them are so pathetic and obnoxious and shitty. There's no point where it feels like you even want them to be together. Like, and then the whole, the whole big thing with the dating game at the end, both of them are just such assholes. And it's like, why are they winning these women over? They're totally blowing it right now. It doesn't make any sense. And that was to- so Disney Channel. On top of them so being Disney assholes, Channel. it's also a bizarre scene because the whole point of that game, <clears throat> the whole point of that game is that you don't know the person right, on right. the other side. She knows both of these people. She has known them for a long time. She would recognize yeah. their voices instantly. I like nothing about that scene makes sense. And yeah, they're also acting like complete assholes. Yeah. But the whole crowd finds it funny. Yeah. The because crowd, Kevin Smith finds it funny. The crowd <laughs> loves it when Brody is all, he's all like making whoopee. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Oh, what? You mean like fucking? And it's like, oh my God, did he say that? <laughs> God. And she's not she's not recognizing Jason Lee's very distinctive voice while he's like yelling. <laughs> One thing I despised about that was, you know, the dad is just he's doing this on the, you know, public access TV show. He's just trying to get like a real job and they fuck it up. Like th- that public yeah. access channel is getting taken off the air. Like it is done. And that's yeah. a lot of people like use that and shit. Uh, which pisses me off on a personal level. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, here's the thing is that very similar to Clerks, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, going into this film, you kind of expect it to be a satire that is, like, kind of class conscious or something. Or at least I yeah. do. Like, I in cl- definitely in Clerks, didn't expect any of that. With well. Clerks, <laughs> I expected it to be about workers and with mall rats i figured you know it's a mall there's so much satire you can pull from that and in the end the like the man that they beat is just a guy who's running a public access uh tv show like he's someone who's doing something that's not actually really big business so it's not super satisfying that they wreck it it's actually kind of a harm to the community (laughs) yeah this guy uh um who's um T.S.'s girlfriend's dad who's supposed to be so sinister he's like auditioning for a job he doesn't even work at the network he's like trying to impress these guys and it's like but the movie (laughs) the movie treats him like he's this evil like wealthy like 
tycoon or something, but he can't yeah. even catch a break, man. His life sucks. It's so weird. And with his, uh, I think, I think this might've gotten cut from the extended stuff. Cause this felt new to me, but there were a few jokes in the movie that were so bizarre because the way people were behaving was actually making sense and it wasn't really much of a joke. Like when Michael Rooker is getting filmed while he's naked in his house and he gets pissed off, it gets played for laughs, but it's it's actually an appropriate response <laughs> yeah. to that situation. He should be and, mad. And the very first scene, which I do know that they cut, um, was the most bizarre to me. This is only in the extended version. It's the one with the rich lady where Michael Rooker is trying to get her to give him a grant um, so yeah. he can do this show and stuff. Um, the big crux of the scene is that, what is his name, T.S.? Yeah. yeah. That he accidentally makes all the security guards go crazy, which in, in normal comedy, like, you do that by having a balloon pop. And then the the Secret Service goes nuts. And it's funny because it's an out-of-proportion reaction. But in this scenario, he actually does have a gun. Yeah. And it actually does go off. So the way they're acting is appropriate. It's not, it's not, yeah. a, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not, like, absurd or anything. Uh, oh, just I, so many I, weird writing mistakes. Uh, yeah, I was so confused at that whole opening thing, like what was supposed to be going on. It was the lady was like the governor and they're at the governor's mansion. And I couldn't tell. I think she, I'm pretty sure she's the governor and TS is dressed in like a war reenactment costume like he was in a play yeah. or something. So, so and he has this. Prop yeah, why are you in a play if you're like 24? Yeah, I don't like know. don't be in a play, dude. Come on. I, I don't know what's going on with any of that. And like, also, so, I mean, we talked about how obnoxious Brody was, but like Brody's the one who's kind of supposed to be an asshole. He's like the Randall of the movie, but TS yeah. is supposed to be like the regular guy. And I, know, I think Brody is supposed to be the Dante and then TS is supposed to be the new Randall. That's how I read it. But, but T but TS is like they they say he's such a great catch. It seems like we're supposed to think he's charming or whatever, but he's just as much of an asshole as Brody is. And he he clear he clearly drives away uh his girlfriend. Uh yeah. but he c continues to blame everything on her, and in his mind, the only reason they broke up is because she cares too much about what her dad thinks. And he keeps saying that. And it's like, why won't you stop letting your dad control you? But like, it's like he doesn't realize and the movie doesn't seem to realize that he's actually being a jerk and treat and kind of treating her like shit. And then when he shows yeah. up to win her back on the dating show, all, all he does is berate her for letting her dad control her <laughs> life. He doesn't, he doesn't say like, look, I'm sorry. He doesn't like own up to anything. He just like yells at her and, and, and is all mad at her for dumping him. And then somehow she, that works and he wins her back. <laughs> also, one thing about Brandy, uh, she definitely had a British accent in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Or, oh, what really? Was, Claire, Claire, Forla Claire Forlani is British, and I think she's attempting to do an American accent, and it kind of comes and goes. It's very inconsistent. Okay, that clears up a lot of things, because I had yeah. absolutely no fucking her vo Her voice sounds very weird, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's what ha what's happening, because the actress uh, okay. is, is English. 
Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, yeah, I wondered if she was supposed to be British at first, but her dad clearly isn't British, so that yeah. would be confusing. <laughs> but yeah, it seemed like she just wasn't really <laughs> doing a good job <laughs> with the dialect. I I really couldn't get a read on that character or like any of the female characters really oh, like they're no. all really badly written. Uh, that that ending scene where where she gets braided for listening to her dad like the underlying logic there which really sucks is that like she's not making autonomous decisions about her relationships (laughs) it's just like she she is just following what people tell her so once she's convinced that she doesn't have to follow this one person then of course she's going to go she's going to go back to uh what's his name ts like there's so little respect for her like having an emotional life. Yeah, and how stupid and empty-headed is she supposed to be that she's just going along with this shit? Well, like it's obviously TS and Brody and they're ma- giving these like uh weird answers to the dating game questions that are very uh-huh. leading and are clearly exposing who they are and she's just like um okay and then ask the next question. But was she <laughs> she was also though and god so many elements of this movie just don't work together. I, I know. Um, I know. Um, with her, she is so dumb. I know. But, I, but she's framed. I'm pretty sure as being smart and responsible. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. vibe I got from the beginning. Um, but by the middle of the movie, yeah, she just becomes like a complete airhead to the point of it just being totally unrealistic but and she's, not in a funny way. But she's got a telescope. She's uh, into science. <laughs> she's to- totally smart. <laughs> that is the funniest, like, dumb guy way to show a character is smart. Is they're like, oh, yeah. check it yeah. out. They're like looking at space and shit. It's like, yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. I think we- she quotes some author, too. Oh, she de- I think she quotes Oscar Wilde. And then yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I think T.S. responds uh, by, like, no- knowing that it was Oscar Wilde. Because we have to know it, a lot a lot of the the writing in this movie makes me feel like Kevin Smith wants us to know how smart he is. There are yeah. like several jokes that I caught where the point of the joke is just what a big word means. Monosyllabic. Where, like, where, a, ca- a, ca- where a character doesn't know what a big word means and yeah. another character tells them and that's the joke. <laughs> the the schooner joke I thought was oh. actually kind of funny. But not because the joke was funny, but because uh ethan whatever the guy who plays randy and my name is earl because he's very funny yeah i agree that was the funniest part of the movie and it's totally his performance that sells it he's like i mean he's great and he's not reading kevin smith dialogue so he's allowed to be (laughs) like a good performer and he's awesome i i love that guy he's great in everything the little running gag with his character is maybe the only part of the movie that's relatable to me because i could never get those fucking magic eye (laughs) things to work either (laughs) and and that points out another thing too is that i i know in the um, in our previous episode previously on we need to talk about kevin um (laughs) I was saying that, like, with Clerks watching it, I found the main story, the main written stuff really bad, but it was surrounded by very authentic feeling, little vignettes and bit pieces and just odd little moments that were great. In this film, because it's so standard studio production, there's really no room for any kind of authenticity. You don't get those weird little asides with Kevin's friend. 
him looking at the schooner, I think, is like the closest you get to that because yeah. it's at least a moment which doesn't have dialogue and which is something that's not plot based. Uh, even like Jay and Silent Bob, I still find them entertaining because Jay is just like a weirdly captivating performer, but it feels so much more stilted. It feels like something that's produced instead of just like a peek into this little nook of the world yeah i'm like trying to imagine how just unwatchable this movie would be without jay and um uh what's the guy that plays earl what's his name ethan jason lee ethan soup oh jason yeah both of them actually yeah (laughs) um and and like i can't imagine just a a more pointless movie if it didn't have like interesting actors i guess yeah like, oh my god. I still like it, but I, I don't <laughs> I like it. I believe you like I it. I like it because There's... it's like bad in a way that is charming to me. <laughs> I was so bored. Nothing... I was so yeah, bored. I, I thought it was in, intensely bored by this movie. Uh, and... It was incredibly boring and slow. W- watching the, the regular not extended cut probably would have been less bad. Yeah. Uh, because all of these just dull, unfunny, lame moments are allowed to breathe way too much in this cut. And I think if it were a tight 90 minutes, it would still be bad and I would still hate it, but I wouldn't like, it wouldn't feel like such a slog. This is the thing though, is that like, I went into the movie expecting it to be quite slow. And the reason I was saying earlier that like, to me, I see so much potential in this being wasted by Kevin Smith is that like the idea of a meandering, slow slice of life comedy in a shopping mall is actually a great premise. And the assortment of characters could work in different hands. I was thinking of like, you know, uh, uh, who who did Dazed and Confused? I always forget his name. Linklater. Um, yeah, if like if Linklater was doing something like this, which I know Kevin is very inspired by Linklater. Yeah. Like oh yeah. This could actually be a good film, but Kevin's particular style choices and and also his lack of style when actually directing the film, it just it just destroys it. It's so boring and empty to watch. I can believe it. Like there's, halfway through, I was like, I want to shut this off. It's painful. There's no personality. There's no perspective to it. There's no style at all. It's the blandest <laughs> shit you can imagine. Yeah. And it's like that That Roger Ebert quote was perfect because this is him. You know, he got all this indie cred from his first movie and he immediately went whole hog, like wide appeal, like broad studio bullshit but he yeah. doesn't really have he didn't really have any talent for that. He does yeah. he, like, he doesn't even have like a I don't know, like the skills of like an Adam McKay or someone mm. who could like make like a big goofy studio yeah. movie. There's just no that doesn't feel like there's any passion in it. It's just yeah. sucks. Uh I want to make a recommendation actually because I kept on thinking about a legitimately good film, uh, Observe and Report. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Oh, love that movie. That movie's fantastic. It's it's definitely not the lighthearted comedy that Mallrats is trying to be. No. But I kept on thinking about it because with Observe and Report, 
it does have very raunchy dialogue. It does have awful characters. It does take place in a shopping mall. But it is so critical of those characters. It shows you why their behavior is a problem. The, raun the raunchy dialogue works and it creates an environment and it shows you both how that environment can be very fun and also what's really nasty about it. And it works as this great satire. You understand all the levels of how the mall works really quickly. And in this one, like, I never even got a sense for the structure of the mall. Like, we know Ben Affleck is a manager at some store, but like, it all felt very disconnected. I couldn't tell who worked there, who was hanging out. It was all just this very unclear mess. In this cut, yeah, Observe and Report is great. And it's not even fair to compare <laughs> this, it's a so movie like that league. to this. It's yeah. such a great comedy. But uh, I, I, in the this extended cut that we watched, I was keeping track. It was nearly 30 minutes into the movie when we finally arrived at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah good lord there, there was so much unnecessary bullshit that you could have completely cut out just at the beginning there like this whole movie could have just taken place in the mall maybe like a brief thing like in clerks how there's like a a brief few seconds where we see yeah. Dante at home and then we get to the store like uh, the stuff with the thing with the governor and the musket and then Oh, uh, the, the 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 whole thing with the media chasing TS around, which felt very like <laughs> I just didn't need that level of plot contrivance happening in a movie that's ostensibly about like people hanging out at a mall, you know? Yeah, it doesn't pay off at all. <laughs> it definitely but... doesn't. You forget about all that yeah. bullshit by the end of the movie. Yeah, it wanted to be like it wanted to be a cartoon because you got like. The chase scenes with a bunch of guys. You got like one of the bad guys in a LaFour's, the security guard. But there just wasn't like there was too much backstory and substance to yeah. make even that even possible. And then the execution isn't good either. It was. <laughs> well, it keeps flipping between styles, too. Yeah. Which is like, I, I feel like this type of comedy, you know, you could do a very laid back like clerks type of of style of comedy where it is very relaxed. It's naturalistic dialogue. It feels very real and authentic. And that's the appeal. Or you can do this like Looney Tunes off the wall. We're using the mall as like just an environment to play around in. And it doesn't do either of them yeah, really well. No. Whenever it got like charged up and went into that Looney Tunes mode, I was excited because suddenly the camera was moving. <laughs> suddenly <laughs> there was editing and it felt like I was watching a movie and then it would end. And it felt like I was watching like two movies being combined into one. Like there were two directors or something. It was so disconnected. I think that if Kevin Smith like made a movie without any women in it maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe that's problematic to start. I, if I it don't... was just a dude's rock movie i think it would be passable no no have, no you I'm wouldn't gonna, have I'm all these have opportunities to... to fail it'd well, be less disgusting yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's maybe true but what i kept thinking about in this movie is we've talked before about how bad he is at writing women and that's definitely true in this movie but yeah. also i think largely it feels like he just doesn't know what human beings are like <laughs> and how they talk 
Like it's definitely most egregious with the women in the movie, but the yeah. men and the 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 way uh, Brody and TS talk to each other makes no sense to me. Uh, they like speak to each other in these like long, strained like monologues. Uh, it it's there you know you get that uncomfortable feeling watching actors try really hard to like get through dialogue that clearly needed to be yeah. cut down and is way too long and like and trying too hard to be clever and just doesn't sound like the way anybody would talk and Jason Lee is very talented yeah. and like i i really like him in in most things that he does not a huge fan here, but like I also can't totally blame him because I can kind of see what's going on with his performance where he is trying to do like a pretty natural performance of this dirtbag guy who is an asshole. But to do that, he has to cram in so many words. So much talking. With, with so much talking. And it's so hard to be spitting out extremely long run-on sentences at a fast pace while also trying to be a laid-back kind of dirtbag stoner yeah. dude. Those things don't match up at all. It's almost like Sorkin, Sorkin-esque. Is that what yeah, you're definitely. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially with the way that a lot of times they are walking around. But unlike in Sorkin stuff, which I have never seen because I'm not a nerd. I watch cool stuff. <laughs> um, but... Like, in those movies, you can at least assume that those characters have somewhere to be. <laughs> yeah. They don't. Like, nobody walks that fast at the mall, like, if you're just hanging out. Very strange. And, of course, because uh, because Kevin is edgy, it is the combination of very overwrought uh, dialogue with, like, lots of words that feel like they came out of a word-of-the-day calendar um, combined with just like unnecessary either crudeness or nastiness or just swearing in that very like 14 year old boy way where the crudeness is what's funny and that and there's no actual joke that you're supposed to be amused by. Uh, I um, <laughs> th there are a few things that I wanted to make sure to remember to talk about. The first thing, Something that's really baffling to me is the elevator scene. <laughs> this feels oh, like I couldn't yeah. follow it. I couldn't this follow what was going on. Feels how whenever uh, sex happens in uh, a Kevin Smith movie, it has to happen in a way that makes no sense at all. <laughs> I, I I I I don't know if he understands how elevators work because they get onto the <laughs> elevator. Okay, so. T.S. Di okay, distracts Ben Affleck while uh, uh, Brody gets onto the elevator with Shannon Doherty. And the elevator is stationary. It doesn't go anywhere because they haven't pressed any buttons. But the people outside the elevator can't get in. So, Not how elevators it, work. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like they've just locked themselves in the elevator somehow. Yeah. And they have sex in the elevator while Ben Affleck, who's Shannon Doherty's new boyfriend, I guess, is like standing outside wondering, like, what's going on? Like, he should be able to press the button and just open the door. And then, but then the characters have sex in the space of what feels like 15 seconds. Uh, and uh, and then they like get off the elevator. It, the 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 timing and the logic of it just make no sense to me. And yeah. I don't. And he could have. 
and it's like kevin you could have had them do this sex scene anywhere could have been in like a changing room in one of the stores or like a bathroom or something like it just doesn't make any sense to have it in an elevator you and get there's really no like like joke even with it yeah, being no. it's in an elevator it also it makes no sense at all because she's it seems like she justifiably hates brody and then they just have sex and then she still hates him and like Kevin doesn't know how to uh, portray like that kind of tension in a way that's believable or interesting. It's just, uh, it's just weird. Um, but like an, when you get on an elevator, you're on an elevator for like maybe 20 seconds max before the door opens again. You know, that's not a place. It just doesn't. <laughs> and the, the dressing room uh, that you mentioned reminded me of another weird moment of just, this script, well, I'll say of Kevin not seeming to understand just like basic things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a weird scene where a girl tries on underwear, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. You you don't try on underwear in a store like that. I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how and, it works. And she's she's like fully clothed, so she can't even see what it looks like. Yeah. She's just trying it on to like see how it feels, I guess. She's just going... <laughs> she's just successively trying on each pair of underwear, like pulling it up under her skirt, taking it off, trying on the next one. It's not how it works. And then it looks like she buys all of them, but like what she's not looking in a mirror. She's not seeing what, like, what are what are you doing? It's so like, <laughs> no, the reason that she's trying on things just in the middle of the store is because silent Bob doing yeah. hijinks had like accidentally <laughs> busted into her changing room yeah. twice before. Which uh, still doesn't make sense. But yeah. then one time when <laughs> he busts into her changing room, she's topless. Yeah. And so you see her tits. And then, she, but she's trying on a jacket, which like, I don't <laughs> think if you're trying on a jacket, I, I don't think, think you would that. get topless. Like, yeah, she, I, <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you're I right. I didn't think about that either. No, that's really good. <laughs> And and that um, the changing scene also like I don't even remember what the dialogue is, but I remember it's another one of those moments where Jason Lee just says like I'm getting rock hard over here, and that's like <laughs> the joke. I like there's just so many moments like that where it's just like someone, someone, just I I, I keep repeating myself because it keeps happening in these movies, but just we're being crude is the end of the humor where there is no joke past it. Uh, I also want to bring up that like they, <laughs> uh, they say the word retard a lot in the yeah. film, which is also yeah. supposed to be very funny. Uh, the, and the, uh, the ending game show thing, the dating show thing also, very homophobic. Uh, <laughs> lots right. of gays. Very in much that so. Too. But but they but they lampshade the homophobia because uh, Brody does the thing where he tricks uh, Brian O'Halloran, the guy who played Dante in Clerks. He like tricks him into sounding like he's gay or whatever, and he calls yeah. him gay. And he's like, "I'm not gay." And he's like, "What are you homophobic? Th this guy's a homophobe," you know? <laughs> yeah, and, which is just so. To, and they did this thing too, which like. Like, 
is it, it brought me back to high school like because he says like uh no i'm not homophobic i love gay people and he's like oh so you're gay then <laughs> i'm like that is like something that i would have heard in grade i'm gonna say seven <laughs> i would yeah. have that, heard a joke like that no that like like when i was growing up that was like a not a problem because i didn't really mind but like a lot of people <laughs> thought i was gay because i thought it was oh fine to be gay i went yeah. to like catholic school and stuff um Right. So that felt very realistic to me. <laughs> also, why did they bring back Dante? I fucking it's not Dante, but he's the same actor, different character. He, he his name is Gil Hicks, so he has oh. the same last name as Dante. So you can presume that he's Dante's oh. like cousin or brother or something. Yeah. This universe the, it expands. Well, look, you you'll notice that Kevin reuses actors a lot despite the movies all taking place in the same world. Like Chasing Amy stars Ben Affleck and Jason Lee as different characters. Oh, and weird. then See, and I'm then, okay with that cuz they're both decent they're fine actors. Right. Yeah. Like they're watchable. Like I actually like both of them very much. But who the fuck likes Dante? You, you know what? I actually thought that he was one of the funnier guys in the movie. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. He like the stuff that he, like him just coming on to play like this, uh, just like stereotypical lame dork. Like, in the stuff they give him to say is just weird or whatever. Like he's talking about the perfect date, and he says like, "After dinner, we'll go play some golf." And it's like, "What do you mean golf? Like <laughs> golf at night? Like doesn't?" But they just, I just, I thought that he was actually really funny, like uh, playing I, this loser. I, I did think it was funny, but I just don't like the like theater kid energy he produces. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Very much turns that's like a personal thing that very much like turns me off. Uh yeah, but so the actors that play Dante and Randall pop up in a bunch of the movies in different parts. Uh and I think that guy's his character, his last name is always Hicks. So you just get the impression that there's <laughs> just a world of these guys that are all related, but and they look exactly alike. I, I know a lot of like families like that where they have like eight boy cousins and they're basically all the same person so i think that's like pretty realistic eight large sons eight, I mean, um i sons. i will say i also like this is the kind of stuff that keeps me um keeps me kind of liking kevin smith is that when dante showed up i was like he probably got a good check out of it. And I'm glad that Kevin is keeping the people who were there from him, uh, there for him when he started out, he's keeping them in his circle. Like I know that his relationship as well with uh, Jason Muse, I think it is who plays Jay. Yeah. That they've been very close. And part of the reason why Jay keeps showing up is that Kevin wanted to keep giving him work. And also I believe Jason Mewes has some uh, addiction issues. So it helped for them to be working together on something instead of him being off somewhere. So like, I always appreciate that kind of stuff. There is a good guy energy to Kevin, despite how much I despised <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why like I wanted to like this is because like, <laughs> I do like Kevin still. Like, <laughs> I still like Kevin too. I'm sorry, Trevor. Uh, yeah, I Kevin can't. is not my enemy. <laughs> I I can't uh, cross that bridge uh, with you. I under <laughs> I understand I understand where you're coming from when you say that you think he's a nice guy or whatever. Uh, I don't agree with it. I think it's misguided. 
I, I appreciate the fact that the two of you uh, have this generosity of spirit that you want to give him all this credit, <laughs> but I don't think he's a good person. <laughs> okay, so speaking of all right. <laughs> whether or not he's a good person, um, I guess we got to do our final thoughts on the movie, right? I, I still, I still, I think need to talk about Ben Affleck's character a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. Oh, uh, go for it. So Ben Affleck, uh, so he is the romantic uh, villain of the Brody story because he's the guy that Brody's uh, girlfriend has dumped him for, I guess. Uh, and then you find out that he's <laughs> he he takes Brody into like a back hallway and beats him up, and he ta- he. This character's whole thing is that he wants to have anal sex with girls. And that he sees it as something that's sort of like a punishment for them. Like oh it's like God. he ta- he talks about it like it's this real bad thing to do. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> he because he he's 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 a he's a sexual villain. He's a guy who wants to fuck girls in the ass, like because he's bad. Is like what the movie is telling us, Ugh. which is a very weird thing. And they have this running gag where he's like, "I'm gonna fuck her in the most uncomfortable place," and the other character says, "The back of a Volkswagen." They do that joke like three times. <laughs> um, but and then of course that all comes around to him finally getting his Ugh. comeuppance at the end in a hilarious prison rape scene, um, because yeah, he's the guy. I, for, I like blocked that out of yeah. my mind. He likes to fuck people in the ass. Well, guess what? Now he's getting his comeuppance. He's the one getting fucked in the ass in prison. Yeah. You know, honestly, there are probably a lot more things I could single out to complain about in this movie, <laughs> but uh, what's the fucking point? I, f- <laughs> I felt so like defeated by this movie, just resentful that I had to watch it. <laughs> every minute, every scene, there was something that I hated. Um it also it also doesn't make sense. Uh, this is a nitpicky thing, but the other bad guy, both of the bad guys of the movie, get arrested at the end. Uh, Brandy's dad gets arrested f- to go to jail for violating for FCC violations, which I don't think you go to jail Weird. for that. I'm pretty sure they just fine you or whatever. <laughs> that didn't really make any sense. Uh, that, yeah, I, I think you can technically go to jail, like, if you obviously can't pay the fines, because sometimes they're massive, but, like, I, I guess you could go to jail for technically distributing t- child porn, like... Well, oh, in that case, so yeah. many characters here should but have been that's arrested. A, not, yeah, 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 that's it, not it, what it, they say at all. Bro- they don't no, say no. that. And Brody was very clearly the one perpetrating this, like, yeah, he was announcing yeah. the video and everything. Very proud of it, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't um, face any consequences of course he gets he gets his girlfriend back uh oh yeah for, he gets rewarded that. she she gets thinks it's so at the end she thinks it's so it. cool and charming that he's up there being an asshole and like showing this video of a 15 year old without her consent <laughs> like yeah I, unless i no, missed well, something it no, was without no, her consent did. too no 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 she had they she, I think, agreed because they had to get the video <laughs> okay. from her. Oh well, then, well, well then, it's okay. <laughs> but it's it's a little bit weird that she was okay with it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'll say for myself, this movie just it made me feel empty inside watching it. I felt like so. <laughs> I didn't feel angry. I just felt like nothing. It was just two hours of my life where I felt 
no pleasure. <laughs> I felt no, I, I was not stimulated in any way. I just had to sit through this thing because for some reason, <laughs> I, I have a podcast about it. This is <laughs> your two's idea, by the way. I, I think it was mostly Rose's idea. Okay, um. look. This, I did definitely push for a I, Kevin Smith podcast. I, I will admit it. <laughs> I, I was reluctant. I knew that it was yeah. a good idea and I resented it because I was like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do it. No, but of course. The, the, so the, the reason. The entire Watchmen show twice, didn't you? I'm we going to watch the Watchmen show to, again. We don't yeah. need to get into that. On this um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I will admit, I did not realize the burden I was <laughs> taking on and putting on to other people is I did not think that the movies would get this bad this quickly. I thought I would enjoy mall rats and chasing Amy would just be like offensive and I'd probably like dogma and then it would go downhill. But mall rats is really bad and I hated watching it. And I'm now realizing how many <laughs> yeah. movies I have to yeah. sit through. <laughs> There, there are gonna. Yeah. I think there are gonna be some ups and downs. Uh, okay. I think when we get to like Dogma and Clerks, the TV show, it'll get like a little bit more fun, oh. and uh, then it'll like sort of get bad, and then it'll get weird, <laughs> and then it'll just get bad and weird. But uh, I'm excited for Tusk. I, I think Tusk. I think that Mallrats and Mallrats and Chasing Amy, those two movies, those are probably gonna be the biggest like low point. Uh, chasing Amy, especially. Oh yeah. Well, next week. <laughs> next week. Um, T- tune in. But yeah, so next week is chasing Amy chronologically. <laughs> uh, do we have a post this week? Well, yeah, uh, it's uh, a a little oh, segment. Yeah, yeah. That we like to call Kevin's receipts. Yes, uh, we are trying to get inside. Kevin inside the mind of Kevin Smith here and much like the 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 transactions at a convenience store or a comic book shop he leaves behind quite a paper trail <laughs> God damn it. and uh so this he's, is he's a writer yeah <laughs> a man of many words um we have a we have a, a relevant post for today's Kevin's receipts. Um, for some backstory, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Stan Lee has a cameo in Mallrats, and just last year, a little movie called Captain Marvel came out, and in Captain Marvel, uh, Stan Lee had his usual Marvel movie cameo. Since Captain Marvel takes place in the '90s, Stan Lee was playing himself. And he was like reading the script for Mallrats on a bus or something <laughs> like that. Um, and so this post, this Instagram post from Kevin, I uh, there's a there's a major visual component to this <laughs> that I'll attempt to describe. It's um. So it's modern Kevin Smith, you know, uh, gaunt-looking, skinny, uh, post-heart-attack Kevin. And uh, he... His his eyes are all red, and he's making a blubbery, crying face. And his hair is all disheveled and crazy. Um, uh, This is that Kevin Smith on Instagram. 
just saw Captain Marvel at Captain Marvel official. I am a blubbering mess. After a lifetime spent referencing the movies, the movies just reference me. Many thanks to at Marvel Studios, hashtag Ryan Fleck, hashtag Anna Bowden, and to my friend at the real Stan Lee for the cinematic shout out. But if I'm now part of the at Marvel universe, I have only one question. Did I survive the snap? Hashtag Kevin Smith, hashtag Captain Marvel, hashtag Marvel Universe, hashtag Marvel, hashtag Marvel <laughs> Studios, hashtag gratitude, hashtag Kevin Feige, hashtag Ryan Fleck, hashtag Anna Bowden. So to to like encapsulate how he looks, I'm sure we'll put a link to it, but yeah. like he you, you got to see the the photo. You got to see it. But to me it looks like like a cancer patient or some other kind of really <laughs> sick person who has just been told they they're in remission or like they're getting better and they're so happy that they're crying but they still look so weak. <laughs> but he's just a guy. <laughs> There's no reason for him to look like that. It's I, I'm, it's a heart-wrenching photo. I, I'm having trouble <laughs> understanding how he could be this emotional. The okay, so Captain I mean, Marvel was dog Cap- shit. Captain Marvel so is a bad sucks. movie. Obviously, it's really it bad. sucks. But also, the moment I think the part with Stan Lee came like maybe halfway through the movie, and like it looked like <laughs> it. it, it from the photo, it seems like I'm supposed to understand that this man's been crying for like a solid hour. Like, he was so overwhelmed with emotion by the fact that the script for his terrible fucking movie, Mallrats, appeared <laughs> in this other terrible movie. I say like maybe there's a chance that like he was watching a screener or something. Like probably not. But like mm. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't think whatever bad qualities he might have, I think he's an honest person. I uh, deeply believe him to be so honest. I'm going to have to disagree with you because this is my theory on this picture. I think that this is completely staged. I think it's no. fake. I think he put vi- no. I think he put visine in his eyes no. and I think that he m- must up his hair because why is his hair like that it seems like it seems like he deliberately made his hair look all messy to convey to us what a a crying uh wreck he is but like why would his hair get like that from crying at a movie i i just don't buy it and he's making this like frowny face like this mm, i'm so sad i've been crying kind of face and i just don't i just don't buy it and like I'm- there I'm looking like, at the photo now. I, like, his, I, I, his, I finally took a look at it, and uh, I am floored by, <laughs> by how Kevin looks. This is the funniest I picture I have ever seen. His but eyes, it also does make me, it makes me like deeply sad on a level does. that like hasn't been touched before. <laughs> He's mugging so hard to look sad. His eyes look all wet, which is why I think that eye drops were involved. <laughs> Right. But it's not like he doesn't have, it doesn't look like he has like streaks of tears on his face or anything. He just has these wet, blubbery eyes. <laughs> and you're right. He looks like sick. Like he doesn't <laughs> look healthy in this photo. Well, you know, he's a, he's a vegan now. And I've heard that that he's could, a vegan? Uh, yeah, after his heart attack, he switched to a vegan diet for his health. And oh. I've heard that that can uh, lower your tea. So. Oh, that, that might be that, what's happening. That's what it is. He's, he's low T. 
I will not allow anybody to call Kevin Smith a soy boy. I'm sorry. That was where I draw the line. He's not he's a soy not. boy. He's Kevin's, a different kind of bad guy. If, like if, if anybody on earth is a soy boy, it's Kevin Smith. I don't think no. he's, he's the king boy. of soy boys. I'm, I'm taking Ted's side here. Kevin is not soy boy. Fucking look at him. <laughs> I mean, again, I've only seen two of his movies, so maybe later on I can make a more definitive judgment. But at this point, I think he's something maybe adjacent to a soy boy, but I don't think he's quite a soy boy. He was born too early to be a soy boy. <laughs> Damn. He, he's definitely his own kind of breed of uh, monster that's hard to <laughs> quantify. <laughs> oh, oh, we, oh, we brought up before that he's very much like uh, he's very much like a movie Bob type. Like yeah. he's that he's that kind of consumer dude, uh, Gen Xer that just like likes this. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a particular strain of pop culture from that time. It's like specific blockbusters, you know, Star Wars and stuff like that. There is just like a certain type of dude that's gravitated towards that. And a a, uh, a baby man, if you will. <laughs> a giant baby man. He was born too early to be like a Marvel stan. Like yeah. one and of those yet, guys. And yet he and is. And he still is. Yeah. But like he was born before he had the opportunity to be that. So that's why like he's all weird about everything. Because <laughs> those types of guys were so much rarer back then. True. He was really into the comics. Like that was his thing. Yeah. He actually sold his whole uh, comic collection to pay for clerks, which I think is nice. Oh, that's sad. I, I think Kevin I, is I, nice. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I think he's a phony. I think he's a fraud. I don't like him. But we are very excited to continue watching his films all <laughs> however many of them there are oh the decades God, so he's been working not excited you know i saw in the news today oh boy nice. uh that mole rats 2 may become a thing oh no i saw that too and i thought yeah. i dreamed it i thought it was <laughs> okay i was like why would i see that and remember it that there's, must have been something that popped in my head because i have to watch this fucking movie there's a whole history to mall rats too because he was first talking about doing mall rats too like a decade ago and he was ta- you know he always has like 10 different ideas for things he said he's gonna do that never happened but he was talking about mall rats and he was gonna make a sequel called mall brats and, but then it turned out that there was just too much. There was just too much for it to be just a movie. So the sequel, oh, no. Mall Brats, had to be like a show. So he was developing a series called Mall Brats, which would be like a modern reboot of Mall Rats. But nobody wanted to buy it, and it never happened. But now, apparently, he's working on a different sequel to Mall Rats yeah. called Twi- um, Twilight of the Mall Rats. Which I think the title that he said in his post. I guess that sort of makes sense because it's not like anybody hangs out in malls anymore. Yeah. Uh, Looking at his Wikipedia page here, he also has two upcoming films listed. One called Kilroy Was Here. I'm not not gonna look into that. And Clerks 3, baby. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Yeah! Maybe if the podcast gets big enough, we can uh, do a screener screening of oh clerks my god I, I want a guest on i want to be a, a guest star on clerks i want to make a cameo oh my god if the podcast gets big enough 
Kevin might make a movie about us. Full circle. Full circle. I will not allow him to do that. I will never give him the rights to my life. Kevin, I will sell life. you the rights to Trevor's no, life. It's no, not, don't you uh, dare. Trevor Drinkwater, you know, who's that? This, I don't know. This, this man does not negotiate on my behalf. Uh, I just pulled up this post of his from the other day. Uh, been happily lost in the 90s writing Twilight of the Mall Rats for most of the last 72 hours. Jumped online a minute ago to see what the real world's been up to and... Well, oh my, that's why well, I saw Well, now it. I'm headed back to my safe made-up mall to write pop culture <laughs> bone mows for Brody Bruce instead. Immense movie Bob energy. Immense I was just thinking movie that's movie Bob, Bob energy. energy. Oh, that's, that's total movie Bob energy. I love it. Ugh. It's like it. It rem- the first thing I thought of when you read that off was that recently Movie Bob uh, tweeted. I don't remember it exactly, but he went over like his opinions on whether it was okay oh, to yeah. like do a strike in Iran, like what his opinions were on international politics and war and stuff. And then Yikes. he also added in an opinion on ContraPoint. Right, right. <laughs> like in the same tweet. Oh my it's God. Just, it's all the same. Yeah, it it, it, was... Like when you get this mindset, it's all one thing. Like, it's the... all media. These are my opinions on all the important uh, global issues of the day. <laughs> the four of them were about Iran and one was ContraPoints. <laughs> Guys, there is a three-part video series by... The movie Bob. Nope. No. About no. Kevin no. Smith. No. 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 About no. Kevin Hell Smith. No. I'm We're doing. The, I'm There's doing also a the, blog post. I'm doing the clip of Tracy Morgan in Kevin Smith's movie Cop Out. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. That is no. from Cop Out. Hell no. Right. I. I'm going to watch that. these. <laughs> I'll report back on these eventually. Maybe not next time, but eventually you, I will because I, I know assume. they exist now. I assume can... that he, he likes Kevin. Like, no. I, I can only assume. So he's got these three videos through Escapist and then a blogspot post entitled, mm. Oh, Please Just Go Away, Kevin Smith. What? Oh, oh my God. Oh, this my is God. Like, it's Kevin... a short blog post. Okay, but... but this is just like projection or jealousy so Ke- or no, something. Ke- Kevin and Movie Bob are enemies. That makes perfect sense. It does because make sense. Movie Bob is like the Boston Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the he's like the dark version of Kevin yes, Smith. Yes, like oh my all god! The, all the things I like about Kevin are absent in Movie Bob. <laughs> of, of course, they're they're destined to be enemies. That makes so much because I feel like there are these. Uh, it's almost like there are these archetypes. Like I almost feel like uh, like Dan Harmon in a way is sort of even though I. I will not group Dan Harmon. In no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not grouping him in with Kevin because he's not. Definitely not he's, nearly as bad as Kevin. But he's I like mean, another side of the triangle. Exactly. He. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> Kevin and Movie Bob are uh, Jungian archetypes. They're, they're kind of like a. They're kind of like a forced dyad. Uh, <laughs> we we got to make a chart of Kevin, Movie Bob, and Dan Harmon. Because you could place a lot of guys on that. Th- th- there are others that, yeah there must be others that fit that mold that all form some kind of infinity gauntlet G- look at <laughs> look at what these movies are doing to my brain i can't stop thinking in marvel bullshit um well so well, it seems like trevor has been 
incredibly psychically damaged by these movies. Um, <laughs> and we're only I still, I'm just still beginning. feeling good about them, honestly. I still feel pretty good. Like, I know they're bad, but... I'm not hating my time watching them. I, I'm, I glad, I'm glad that it's dawning on Rose just how uh, <laughs> vile this task uh, she's given us is going to be. It's, it's um, I, I feel like I just watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy recently. I feel like Frodo with the ring. Like, at first I thought this was just like an easy adventure or something like that. And then it starts to dawn on mm-hmm. me, like the burden I've taken. Chasing <laughs> Amy the is ring, definitely going to be when they like get Kevin to the Smith's border of Mordor and it's just awful. Yeah. And it's like sucking his soul slowly as he's progressing. <laughs> That's yeah. how I feel right now. Well, but we got to do it. That's encouraging for me. I feel less alone. Uh, Ted is obviously still kind of a starry-eyed uh, newcomer <laughs> to this world, but He's I a think Sam. I think I think the the evil of of this event this world we're diving into will eventually uh, dawn on him. You're all going to you're all going to come around to team Trev in the end. <laughs> Two things I want to say before we leave. Um if you think if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, "Oh, I'll watch some Kevin Smith movies," please don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't want that on my conscience. Yeah, I've really? said I felt really bad when people started messaging me, being like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch Mallrats this week because the podcast is coming out." And I was like, "This is not the effect that I hope no. to have on the world." Please do not. No. <laughs> please do um, not watch these movies. And the second thing I want to say is, uh, go watch My Name Is Earl. Great show. Great show. I love Fantastic well. show. Watch Observe yeah. and Report, because uh, yeah, Rose also. reminded me of that. If I had to rank the top mall comedies, I would say Observe and Report, <laughs> then Paul Blart, then Paul Blart 2, <laughs> then any other one that I can't think of, and then Mall Rats at the very bottom. Yeah, Observe and Report, super underrated. Really awesome, awesome movie. Great movie. Yeah. Right. Rats, I haven't actually great. seen I haven't actually seen the Paul Blart movies. I'm just assuming they're better than Mallrats. I've seen them. They're fun. They're fine. <laughs> if you like like a lot of jokes about a guy being fat, they're pretty good. I like it when he falls down. It's funny. Right. It, a fat right. guy falling down, like that's just that's a classic. Alright. <laughs> okay. Bye everybody. See ya. Bye. Snoochie boogies.